Welcome to the Say Yes to Life podcast. Here at CrossFit Advantage, we believe that life is a team sport where every person, no matter who you are, is the most valuable player in the game. We are a community of humble, hungry, happy, helpful people whose mission is to improve quality of life through health and fitness. Today, I'm here with my co-host, Cody Looney, and our special guest, Sage Bergner. Sage Bergner is a single mom of two kids who has dedicated her life to being the best mom, coach, and woman she can be. She's been coaching the sport of Olympic weightlifting for 16 years and has been an athlete since the age of four. The longer she's in the sport, the more she feels her love and passion growing for it, and she wants everyone else to learn as much about themselves as she has learned about herself through sport and fitness. Sage, welcome to the Say Yes Live podcast. How's it going? Good. Thank you guys so much for having me. So good to see you, Sage. I saw you last week down in Cali, and uh, good to see you on the show here. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. That was so much fun having you out, and it was super exciting to see that we had the exact same vertical jump. Yeah, we got hops. That's for sure. You guys had the exact same jump? We did. No way. Time for a tiebreaker match. <laughs> we got mad hops, as the kids would say. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, we have a lot of questions. Some are from our members, some are from Cody and I. So we will get right to it. Uh, first of all, icebreaker question. I would love to know how 21.1 went for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I was going to like tear a hammy or something if I tried again. That was, I was at my limit for sure. I always love the like buzz around the gym whenever the open starts up. So I'm always like, ah, I'm not gonna do the open this year. But of course I have serious FOMO anytime people start doing the workout. And I kind of like to be the guinea pig. So that's sort of my role this year is helping some of our master's athletes kind of get a game plan and give them some pointers and tips after I do the workout. So it went pretty well. Haven't been crossfitting much, but I thought it was just like a different fun workout. Wall walks are always something that I do for like accessory work, not something that I do in a workout. So that was interesting. But yeah, the the shoulder burn was no joke. And I think my lats were sore for like three days afterwards. So it was a good time. Oh, yeah. I heard you may have uh, broken some toes. Maybe you need to work on those toes more. Yeah. As Cody said, I need to do some more like toe slams at the end. <laughs> And I was pretty reckless coming down. I just didn't care. So I was slamming those toes and my pubic bone into the ground as hard as possible. So it was just, it was good all around, to be honest. Really woke me right up. That's a perfect way to put it. It just wakes you right up. I feel like it was 15 minutes of body slams and I'm not going to do it again, but I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah, I'm waiting for someone to make some sort of meme that's like, let the bodies hit the floor. And it's just like all of the people coming down waiting for it challenge accepted look for the video this afternoon <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness all right so could you tell us about your background and how you've become so successful in the weightlifting community all over the world and don't feel like you have to tell your entire life story but um, just kind of a brief overview of who is sage bergner no, I'm going to tell my whole life story from start to finish. So it all started. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. So for me, basically my life story is from the time I was born, I was in Mike's gym. 
I was out in that garage. I'm the youngest of four kids and I'm the only girl in the family. And so to be seen or noticed, I wanted, to, I needed to like be in the action all the time. And I would go out there every day because I wanted to be in the hustle bustle. And I basically feel like subconsciously learned from my dad from a very, very young age. My parents' rules growing up were you always had to be doing at least one sport and you had to be doing Olympic weightlifting. You had to train at least three times a week. That was their rules for us. I was never like, oh, I can't believe I have to pick a sport. Like I never argued with it. I don't think any of us really did actually, which is kind of cool. It was sort of just the expectation and we were all happy about it. But I always loved Olympic weightlifting. I did my first competition when I was six years old. Back then they like didn't make singlets small enough. So I had like the tiniest singlet that they I could possibly had. And I took the straps and I like tied it around my neck. It was so funny. I basically just like followed my dad around at all of his USA weightlifting courses as his little demo girl. He'd be coaching all day. I'd be like playing in the gym and he'd be like, Sage, come out here really quick, demonstrate this for me. And I'd go out and I'd demo and then I'd go back to playing. And I did that my whole entire life. And my oldest brother, Casey, was always my role model. And he was the Olympic weightlifter of the family, like the really talented, gifted one. And so whatever he was doing, I wanted to do. So he went off to the Olympic Training Center right after high school, and that became my goal. I want to go to the Olympic Training Center. I knew I wanted to do whatever I could possible to be as good as I could possibly be. And when I graduated high school, I didn't go to the Olympic Training Center. I went to Northern Michigan University, which was one of three schools that had weightlifting programs. And they were the U.S. Olympic Education Center, so you could get a full-ride scholarship while Olympic weightlifting. Um, so I did that for one whole semester. <laughs> and then because I'm so smart at 18, I was like, I'm super homesick. The right thing to do is leave my full ride scholarship, leave Northern Michigan and move back to San Diego. And my parents were like, you're not moving back home. And I was like, good, because I didn't want to. <laughs> And I moved down to San Diego, and that was kind of when my CrossFit career started. That was about the time that CJ Martin was opening up CrossFit Invictus, and he asked me if I wanted to be their head Olympic weightlifting coach. So I started coaching for them, and that was the first year of the Affiliate Cup and the CrossFit Games. That was I think 2009 at, it was still out of Romus. And so I did the first affiliate cup, then went and did the next year at the Home Depot Center. And it was really cool because I had injured myself at Northern Michigan doing just weightlifting. And so obviously at being an athlete, I was like, I got to get into something. And then CrossFit kind of just fell into my lap and it kind of fueled that competitive side of me. And I ended up getting stronger as a CrossFitter than I ever was as an Olympic weightlifter, which was really interesting and really cool and completely shifted my whole entire mindset surrounding the sport. And it just like opened a lot of doors for me. And so I started getting like really curious about these different methodologies of fitness. And I was never like the strongest Olympic weightlifter. I was 
always super skinny, didn't have strong legs, like definitely not built for the sport, but I'm like obsessed with it and love it so much. I was like, I'm going to be the best that I can possibly be. And so when I started getting stronger through CrossFit, it changed the way that I was programming. It changed the way that I was coaching all while trying to stay true and represent my dad in the methodology that he built for us and kind of ingrained in us growing up. So I don't even remember the original question, but <laughs> this is my problem when I start talking. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, basically with CrossFit was never going to be the best CrossFit athlete either. So then I started, I moved, I got married at a very, very young age and I moved to Italy and that was like my exposure to CrossFit and teaching Olympic weightlifting outside of the US, which was really, really cool. I got to go to Switzerland and Ireland and Germany and all of these different places because it was so easy for me to travel over there. And that was a cool, very cool experience. I felt like that was a great way to help me sort of improve as a coach as well, just because of like language barriers. I literally taught a two, two day course to a room full of Italians where maybe one of them spoke English and I knew like seven words in Italian. So that was really good, a great experience for me and kind of, you know, built, built me up as a coach. And then I moved to Hawaii and I started to take my CrossFit a little bit more seriously after I had my second baby and really just kind of dove in. It's when I started getting into the nutrition side of things and like seeing how important that was. And so basically all of these steps kind of led me to where I am now, where I consider myself to be this like really well-rounded athlete because I've been so moderately average at everything that I do, that I've had to really do my research and do my due diligence and use myself as a guinea pig to figure out how can we turn someone who's moderately average and make them a little bit better and make them a little bit stronger and not just like surrender to, well, I'm not really built for this sport. So I shouldn't really do it. Th that's the, the group of people I like to work with. The group of people that are generally drawn towards me as a coach are those who feel like, yeah, I don't really feel like I'm going to be a world champion at this, but I freaking love this sport so much. And I'm like, I love what it's teaching me about myself and how empowered I am when I do it. Can you please like teach me what you know, because you seem like you're the exact same. And that is my whole life story. Oh my gosh. So when your book comes out, can I get a signed copy? Yes, that is on my bucket list. Nice. To read a book? To read a book, yes. Say, <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing that. I think maybe one thing that people don't know about, you know, like the Bergner Strength Seminars and you as a coach is a big part of our mission is everybody in the world is a weightlifter in our eyes. We love the CrossFit competitor weightlifters. We love the, you know, the, the purebred weightlifting competitors on the platform. But I think a big chunk of our mission is regular people that love weightlifting and want to get good at it. And so like to have someone like you that has kind of a foot in both buckets, I think is, is really badass. I remember my first time that I met you or saw you was on these old weightlifting or these old CrossFit videos. This was for some of our, the OG CrossFit folks, they were these really grainy videos 
of you and your dad at Mike's gym in the garage with this yellow font down below explaining the drills and your dad just yelling at you and drilling at you. And uh, a good chunk of what I learned about weightlifting way back in the day was from those videos. Do you remember those things? Oh, sh I sure do. <laughs> I remember them very vividly. And people bring those videos up all the time. And I'm like, just mortified. I can't even watch them. Because what people don't know, let me just tell you what people don't know about these videos. These videos were filmed by Greg Glassman and Lauren Glassman. So they came up and I think I was like 13 or 14 years old. And my dad was like, Sage, I need you to come out. He's like yelling up at me, Sage, come out here. And like, I, we, I have some people here. They just want to get like a couple of videos of some snatches and some clean and jerks. And I was like, okay. So I come out and eight hours later, <laughs> we are still filming. Okay. And my dad is like, kind of, I feel like he's like kind of nervous because he's never really done this before. He's like pretty new with CrossFit, kind of like still getting to know Greg Glassman. And, and so he was just like talking so much and I was having to hold the bar the whole entire time. <laughs> so I'm like rolling my eyes, typical teenage attitude the whole time. So needless to say, they're not my favorite videos, but I'm so glad that they have been very educational for people in their Olympic weightlifting journey. <laughs> that is my favorite thing ever. And honestly, it made you famous though. It's like back in the day, that was like the OG CrossFit weightlifting, like in Mike's gym in the garage. I think we need to dig up those videos and actually make this podcast like a video audio <laughs> deal because uh, I think we need to bring those back. I feel like I've asked someone to burn those videos multiple times. <laughs> but you know what? If that's what helped me make my debut, I'm all about it. I just, I wish I would have been a little bit more prepared emotionally, spiritually <laughs> for that endeavor. Who needs college when you have a video camera and you're good at lifting in your garage? Honestly. That is so true to all the kids listening out there. Drop out of school and, you know, <laughs> and film yourself in your garage. I know. What am I doing all these years in college? I should have just stayed in the garage. All right. So my next question is kind of as you mentioned, you started weightlifting and then you found that CrossFit made you a stronger all-around athlete. So as someone who does both CrossFit and weightlifting, how do you find a balance between the two? So we have a lot of athletes in our gym at CrossFit Advantage who are doing Wolfpack weightlifting. They follow your programming and the mayhem stuff. And some of them are like, oh, I want to focus on weightlifting, but I still want to do wads. Like, how do I find that balance? So what if I want to be really good at weightlifting, but I also want to be really good at CrossFit and not sacrifice one for the other? How do I balance the two? I think that it's just shifting your perspective and realizing that both are playing a very important role. So I think sometimes when people look at it, they think, oh, my CrossFit's going to take away from my weightlifting or my weightlifting is going to take away from my CrossFit. But if you can change your mindset to being, I'm using CrossFit to train this part of me and I'm using weightlifting to train this part of me and the haves combined make me a super badass athlete and for me crossfit does stuff for me that olympic weightlifting just can't and olympic weightlifting does things for me that crossfit just can't and so 
if I can sit there and I can think about what does CrossFit do for me? It helps make me mentally tougher in a different way, right? That like suffering, that pushing when you don't want to keep going, that like physical pain, that mental pain that you go through, that's going to make you stronger. What, and I also get that increase of volume, right? I get my heart rate up. I get lots of volume. That's going to train my body in a certain way. And then we have Olympic weightlifting where the mental part of Olympic weightlifting is really addressing your fears and your doubts that you have inside of you. And all of those demons tend to surface when we have a heavy weight in front of us and we have to lift it off the ground. That's the mo that's a kind of mental training you only get with Olympic weightlifting. And it trains your technical side, it trains your precision, it trains your focus. It's not it's more like graceful and beautiful. It's not as like reckless and kind of hardcore as CrossFit is. So that's what Olympic weightlifting does for me. And so whether I'm doing a CrossFit session or an Olympic weightlifting session, I know that both are beneficial and I know they're both serving their purpose. So not, I don't know if there's a certain balance as much as there's just asking yourself, what do I need today? Do which part of me do I feel I need to work a little bit more today? Do I need to work my, I got to be tougher. I got to have some grit. I got to push myself to suffer a little bit, or do I need to address some of my fears and work on my technique? And I think that if you just kind of split it half and half throughout the week, you're setting yourself up in a really positive way as an athlete. Yeah, I think that's super insightful. I think sometimes we think about weightlifting versus conditioning as mutually exclusive, but I like how you pointed out how you really have to think about the overall purpose of each one and how they're actually complements of one another. It might just require like a slight shift in mindset. I don't know, Cody, what do you think about that? No, I, I, the very first sentence about that you said about mindset is really huge. You know, I don't work with any Olympians to where they're just specializing in Olympic lifting, but we do work with a handful of weightlifters at the national level. And even them, they're a hybrid of CrossFitter and a weightlifter. And the biggest thing we talk about is a very similar perspective of when you're weightlifting, you need to be deliberate with your mindset and be uh, intent and focused as a weightlifter. When you're working on your CrossFit or you're doing your conditioning, then you're very deliberate and intentional with your mindset there. Don't, you know, you can definitely live in uh, both buckets. Just make sure that you uh, are intentional with your mindset, depending on which one you're doing at the time. And I like the way that you said that a lot, Sage. Yeah, I think that people are kind of afraid to step outside the box and challenge themselves a little bit. Like, for example, um, last year, my coach was like, I think you need to start running. And I was like, no. I'm not going to start running because it's going to hurt my hips. I have two torn labrums in my hips. It's going to hurt my hips and it's going to like take away all my fast twitch muscle fibers and it's going to screw with my strength. That was what I was raised to believe. That's kind of like a universal belief. And he's like, I think you should do it. And of course I was like, frick. I'm saying I don't want to do it because I hate running and it's really hard for me. Now I have to freaking run every single day because that's just how my mind works. And so I started running just one mile every single day. 
and then it increased to two miles. And I got stuck in two miles for a while. And he was like, you need to push it a little bit. You need to go more than two miles. And I was like, fine, I'm going to go out and do seven miles. So I did seven miles on a Thursday. And Saturday, I decided that it was the time to do a half marathon. And (laughs) I came in the day, two days after I ran my half marathon, and I P- I think I PR'd my back squat. And I was like, what is happening? What is happening right now? And it just, I, I continued to explore it. And I started to realize, wow, running is doing so much for me mentally right now too, because I was in just like a really horrible headspace that year. And like running allowed me a lot of time in my head. So like I was just talking about with CrossFit Olympic weightlifting, here was another avenue for me to figure out what kind of mental training running was doing for me. It gave me more time in my head than even CrossFit did. 40, 45 minutes to two and a half hours in your head, that's a lot of time. And so I started to discover different things about me. All of this to say, I continued to get stronger as I increased my mileage with running. Obviously, I then hit a point where I like kind of plateaued and I needed to like reconsider and readjust a little bit and rebalance out what I was doing because I was starting to run more than I was lifting or crossfitting. But not being afraid to step outside the box, challenge universal beliefs when it comes to fitness and figure out what works for you. My dad was like, you're an idiot for running. And then he started watching longer and longer as I was running and running. And he's like, I honestly don't know why this is working for you, but it's working for you. And that was such a like exhilarating feeling as a coach, because it made me believe in like, you truly have to look at each individual athlete as a separate case and try to do different things with different people. And if they're willing to try it, if they're willing to challenge their beliefs and not just get stuck in this, running is gonna be bad for my joints and it's gonna be detrimental to me as a weightlifter. You can grow so much as an athlete, not only physically, but mentally as well. And that's such a cool thing to experiment with. That's so impressive, Sage. And I love how you kind of touched on the mindfulness that you have throughout all of your training. So it's not just, okay, I'm going in, I'm doing this workout. I'm just focused on like the physical adaptation of like getting better at the snatch. Like it sounds like you have this constant like self-reflection of like, okay, how do I feel about this? How am I mentally getting stronger? And I think that has really shown up in your training and like your results. I think that's really cool. Would you say that is that's something that you try to practice is like mindfulness, almost like a meta reflection, like while you're training? Yes. And I think this is like my favorite thing to talk about because this is not me tooting my own horn because I don't, I like to just preface it by saying this. A lot of people will say like, you're so tough. You're so mentally there. Like, how did you get to that space? And I was not a mentally tough athlete at all. I remember one summer when I was 16 years old, I spent a whole entire summer clarking 80 kilos in the clean and jerk. And what clarking means, it was named after this guy, something Clark in the Olympic games, who he went up 
in the Olympics to go and do a lift and he like deadlifted it up and he had a total brain fart and just dropped it. So didn't even go for it because he was so doubtful in his in his head. And so they dubbed it the Clark. I feel so bad for that guy. <laughs> but they should have renamed it the Sage because for a whole entire summer, I was clerking 80 kilos. I was so afraid of the clean. And I remember my dad just getting like so frustrated with me. Like, what is wrong with you? I put a freaking fly on the bar and you freak out. 79 will look beautiful. And the second we go to 80, you freak out and you doubt yourself. And he just, he didn't know what to do anymore. He had taken every single approach with me to try and figure out that mental block. And once I figured it out, I never clerked again. I have never clerked one single time since that summer. And it, it's not because I am innately tough. It is because I have to make a very intentional decision every single day to train my mind. And I get terrified that I'm gonna like lose my bite. If I don't keep training myself mentally at some capacity, you know, whether it's through CrossFit, whether it's through running, whether it's through, through Olympic weightlifting, it's like a muscle that you have to train every single day. We all talk about how important mindset is and how we have to train it, but I think so many people truly believe it's just either something you have or you don't have, and I don't believe it. I think that we all have some weakness and we have some strength inside of us, and we have to decide which one we want to nurture which side of us do we want to nurture which side of us do we want to invest in i could be very weak i could be very lazy if i wanted to i have that capability inside of me but that doesn't bring me any fulfillment so i have to strengthen and nurture and cater to this side of me that is wanting to be strong and wanting to be mentally tough and it's it doesn't come easy, but I think if you want it bad enough, anyone could get to a place where they feel proud of themselves for the, the place that they're at mentally. Absolutely. That is so inspiring. Just, just even to just think about, I've heard several athletes even just in the past week saying, oh, I'm not going to snatch that much weight. Oh, I can't. I don't have the skill. I Oh, I'm not going to get to my 21 wall walks. But it's so true how... The power of mindset can redefine how you perform. Um, and you are living proof of that. And I think this is uh, an amazing note to wrap up. Uh, we could honestly probably talk for the next eight hours and pull up that video. Uh, but we are so grateful that you have taken the time to talk with us today. I bet our members are going to be so excited to hear more about your story. And hopefully we will see you in person for a course soon. Yes, I hope so. I'd love it. All right. Thanks so much, Sage. Thank thanks, you. Cody. Take care. Thank you, Sage. That was episode seven of the Say Yes to Life podcast with the one and only Sage Bergner. I don't think I can name a single person who is equal parts fierce and vulnerable at the same time. What stood out to me most and what I hope you can take away from this episode is that being mentally tough is not a state of being. It's a state of deciding to do hard things, embrace your weaknesses, 
facing and ultimately overcoming your fears just like Sage does with a barbell every day. Have a great day and we'll see you soon.